Hey everybody, welcome to Comedy on Vinyl. This week we have special guest Rachel Bloom. I just wanted to give you the heads up. She does have a brand new song out. just came out uh, yesterday, uh, Valentine's Day. It is called Pictures of Your Dick. It is hilarious. Check it out. Like it. Do all the good stuff that you're supposed to do to nice, funny videos. And uh, also we, I... I uh, have a special announcement. Uh, my documentary, my comedy documentary, Lords of Soaptown, is uh, on... We have a fundraiser going on right now on Indiegogo.com. So I'll put a link to that up on Comedy on Vinyl. You can also go to LordsofSoaptown.com. It's a comedy documentary about freestyle walking. If you don't know what freestyle walking is, doesn't matter. Just check it out. I think you'll find it pretty funny. We're just trying to raise $5,000 to complete it. So anything that you or your friends or your family can uh, donate would be absolutely very, very helpful. And uh, we've got 30 days to raise that. And yeah, please tell everybody. Um, so yeah, this week we are covering Weird Al Yankovic's Even Worse, which is one of his tighter albums. And uh, we, we pretty much gab on and on and on about uh, Weird Al in general and uh, dreams in this episode. So enjoy it. And thanks so much. Please, again, don't forget to subscribe to us. Subscribe to Rachel's videos on YouTube. And please check out lordsofsoaptown.com. I believe her response when I said you were going to be on the show was squeal and die exclamation point. She's very excited. Oh, she cool. Videos. So, oh, awesome. I'm excited to talk about comedy music. I have two new videos coming out like the next couple. I've been really? doing a lot of comedy. I just nice. now like comedy song in the past like few months. It's all I've been thinking about and doing. Yeah. So I'm excited to like analyze it. Awesome. Well, we're already <laughs> recording so we can right, get great. going on this. So, oh. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Comedy on Vinyl. <laughs> uh, with me as semi-usual is Dan. Hey, hey. And with me as not usual is Rachel Bloom. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, so if you don't know who Rachel is, she uh, was quite uh, famous for the video Fuck Me Ray Bradbury, which uh, I think got everyone's attention, including, including Ray, Ray Bradbury. Bradbury. Right? <laughs> did, when yes. did you get to meet him? At this point, that would have been a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago? Yeah. That was the- uh, yeah, a year, yeah, a year and a half ago, yeah. How was that? It was awesome. It was yeah. great. Really an honor. He's one of my favorite authors, yeah. legitimately, so that was yeah, see, great. That, I don't think you could make a song like that unless you were genuinely a fan of them. No. And I think that that song came from, like, you know, a genuine feel, like a ge- like a genuineness of, like, not feeling like modern pop songs were representing, like, my romantic interests. Right, like, right. it wasn't just like, it wasn't just like, oh, all these, so- like, what's something that nerds like? It wasn't yeah. like that. Yeah. It was like... <laughs> It was like I really like this. I really love this author. Sure. I feel about him in in ways that other people feel about thugs. And <laughs> right, you know. right. Um, well, speaking of, oh yes, yes. Dan brought something. I think. Uh, Uh-oh. Will you sign this for me? Oh my god, I'd love to. I just for the people oh, listening. It's there goes the pen. oh, let me get the pen. Yes. What stories. is it, Dan? It's, it's the stories of Ray Bradbury. Collection of short stories. I think this That's is the awesome. first Ray Bradbury book. Who's already signed? Oh, it? someone signed this in <laughs> 1982. <laughs> I just want to read the. I want to read the inscription. Read uh, this is dated November 13th, 1982. It says, "Mike." It's in cursive. This gift. This gift marks a wonderful year of friendship. I'm looking forward to the years uh, we'll have to read and reread this together. Love, Janet. Oh, Uh-oh. It sounds like Janet wanted more than friendship, and mm-hmm. Mike was like, Ugh, Janet, give me a book. I'm going to give this to this used bookstore. <laughs> Janet's crazy. That's <laughs> oh, so sad. Maybe he wasn't really into the whole sci-fi fantasy 
Maybe. Ray Bradbury fucking Maybe you can scene. make your inscription just as depressing. <laughs> I'm going to do the exact same inscription. Okay, that's uh, fine. That way, if it. people see this... <laughs> oh, so, oh, Mike no. <laughs> found this book at a used bookstore. <laughs> you fuck. Love, Janet. <laughs> and Ari said that if she was able to, to make it, she would have brought one of our pets for you to sign. Oh, that man. So I nice. love signing pets. <laughs> uh, while, while Rachel finishes that, that inscription, we this week we're going to be doing Weird Al's Even Worse. Um, and I again, I told Dan earlier, I'm not sure why I picked this one. I think it's just because we need to do more Weird Al. We've done two yeah. so far. Well, I think but... I requested, I was like, let's do comedy music. Yeah. So, and yeah. That's yeah, classic. It's one of his more, not obscure, but less listened to albums by a lot At this of point, yeah. Yeah, I, I have to say, because I first started listening to Weird Al because my, my mom had the giant, like, compilation. She had this, like, uh-huh. multi-disc set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what really surprised me about this album is um, the songs that I like the best were not the parodies or his originals. Yeah. I, I, he writes really, really good um you know, original songs like the the Melanie song is really cool. It's one of my favorite ones. So it's sweet. really cool. And good old days. It's super dark. And Good Old Days <laughs> is also really good. I love this song's just six words long. Yeah, that yeah. is great. That's a oh man, look at this record. This is great. That blew I my was... mind. It was so meta for me as a whatever I was, eleven or twelve year old when <laughs> I first heard it. So it's it was it's very that that one that song I'd say is like the closest to like. A song of his being a sketch. Yeah, yeah, you know? totally. it's true. Which now you get so much in comedy music. That's yeah. like the sharpness of that. Um, yeah, it was. I was really like, I really want to go and listen to all his albums and go beyond the parody now and hear his original yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I would like. I, I've been hoping to see them him release or somebody do like a tribute album where it's people just covering all his originals because people. Oh, that's don't, funny. People don't think of him that way. Yeah, which is depressing to me because he's a wonderful songwriter. Yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah. Apparently, "Stuck in a Closet" was Vanna White it was his first original song that was considered as popular by the fans as his parodies. Really? Mm-hmm. Which one did you say was the experiment where he wanted to see what, the what good old days? He said was an experiment to see if he could write a song where Charlie Manson. And James Taylor collaborated. I love that. I love the unexpectedness of like, meanwhile, I'd be torturing rats. That's such a great specific. Yeah, I was reading about him today and um, apparently Prince will never, has never given him permission. Yeah. You know, Weird Al doesn't need permission. Right. There, it's very specific parody laws that say like, you don't need, but he gets permission just to maintain yeah. goodwill mm-hmm. and Prince won't give him permission so he won't do a Prince song. But apparently like... He was doing some benefit, and he was going to sit in the same row with Prince, and he got, uh-huh. like, a letter from Prince's manager being like, you do not make eye contact with Prince. Oh, my God. You do not look at Prince. And he was like... <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I know. It's... Because everyone else, apparently, Michael Jackson was such a Weird Al fan, yeah. he, like, gave him permission outright, and actually, the music video for Fat is shot in the same set. Yeah. As Bat... Like, that's amazing to yeah, me. brilliant. Lady... You know, there was... A, yeah, there was also a thing where Lady Gaga wouldn't give him the rights to Born This Way. That was thing I was... Remember but, reading about that but apparently it wasn't her. It was her manager. And then when she heard about it, she was like, oh, my God. No, of course. Of I'm a huge Weird Al fan. Yeah, which is yeah. so cool. Yeah. I, I can't imagine her being a, I was, an no. actual diva. I actually yeah. made me happy for Weird Al mm-hmm. because he's talked about on his blog how he's a big fan of Lady Gaga. Yeah. He yeah. loves what she does. Yeah. He loves the person that she is as an entertainer. Yeah. And it really hurt him that she, quote, unquote, she responded that way. Yeah. Fucking managers. Fucking managers, man. Managers, man. And I, I will just, as a point of bragging, just say that I was in the video for that, and it's fucking exciting. It's the best thing in the world. For Perform This Way? Mm-hmm. You were in Perform This Way? Yeah, in the, in the, the paparazzi. That's crazy! It's the part where he walks out nude. Yeah, yeah! He's on the far right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome! So you've met Weird Al. Yeah, I mean, he was really nice to everybody. I didn't really get to meet him, meet him. But then I went on uh, the Nerdist TV special, like, two months ago, uh-huh. and I got to shake his fucking hand. It was that's so cool. Like, I was like, Al! And he... Looked around and because it kind of creeped him out, and I'm like, "Ow, sorry." He's like, "Hey," and I'm like, um, "Just to let you know, you're you're one of the reasons my best friend and I've been friends for over 20 years." He's like, "Oh, thanks, man," and shook my Aww. hand and like nicest guy on the fucking planet. <laughs> of course he is. Oh, that's so great to yeah, hear. It's so just satisfying. <laughs> my uh, my boyfriend's a writer for How I Met Your Mother, uh-huh. and they did an episode semi recently where the whole uh, I don't know if you guys watched that show, uh-huh. but but Ted the whole time has been like, "Who wants to go to a Weird Al concert?" Oh, yeah, yeah. And he keeps quoting it, and then the tag at the end, and then the whole episode Ted. Keeps Keep saying that he that he gave um, 
Weird Al the inspiration for like a surgeon mm-hmm. and everyone's like yeah Ted yeah Ted he's like no seriously I wrote him a letter proposing that song and the next year he had it out and everyone's like whatever Ted whatever and then the tag is Weird Al and it's like 19 I guess it would have been like 1980 something and it's Weird Al with his old 80s hair being like oh here's another letter from a fan <laughs> dear Weird Al my name is Ted Mosby Ted what a stupid name I think some great song a song idea would be like a surgeon like a surgeon. <laughs> Victor, put the coffee on. It's going to be a long night. And anyway, there's all these pictures with the writers and the crew of that show just going. Like, they've had, like, a lot of celebrities on that show. Mm-hmm. And I and my boyfriend, like, no one was ever as excited to yeah. just. They were so giggly. That's, meaning oh, weird. That's and that man does not age. No. You throw that wig on him, he looks the same as he did because in the he's 80s. he's a fucking vegan or whatever he is. And he possibly drinks baby's blood. It's frightening. <laughs> yeah. Like. He's too nice to drink baby's blood, but... He drinks baby broccoli blood. Oh, is that what it is? stalkery songs though because like that's also my sensibility like comedically also tends to be kind of creepy and i think Mm creepy is like such a funny uh thing to do in songs and like those two songs are so they're so fucked up also yeah Yeah. like like everything else (laughs) on the album is very clean like Mm -hmm. even stuck in the closet with vanna white but like those two songs like get dark and i love that and so committed but most nowadays they just know how to write what they think are funny lyrics and there's there's a com- there's a lack of commitment on the part of the singer or the musician yeah they're also not commenting those two songs aren't like those two songs aren't like uh i'm fucking crazy like they right. don't say they don't comment on what it is yeah, which exactly. is a lot of problem with my with comedy a problem i have a lot with comedy songs sometimes mm-hmm. is they tend to be like me i'm crazy i don't know that's little, the only little, example I I can think of. little too Self-aware yeah, of their exactly. situation. Real crazy people are not self-aware. Yeah. They don't think they're crazy. They, yeah, that's... What they're I, doing is right. That's the problem I have with political comedy songs a lot, is yeah. it's very hard not to be like... Like, I hear a lot of political song, comedy songs that'll be like, I'm Sarah Palin and I'm fucking insane. It's yeah. like, well, Sarah Palin wouldn't wouldn't Sarah, say that. No. She, no. she would probably feel very justified in... Yeah, like, one part, like, going with the whole commitment and not knowing that you're crazy is in Melanie, he says how she won't answer her... her how she ignores his phone calls, so he has to dig through her trash to learn about it. Yeah, I love that lyric. And he's pissed that she's doing this to him. Yeah. Like, you're making me dig through your trash to find out about you. That's not right. Um, Answer my crazy, insane calls, please. Yeah, Yeah, and you know, lately, I've been, because I've been writing, like, just the past few, the past, like, two months or so, I've been doing, like, I have two new music videos coming out, Uh like, that are done, and I have another one that I'm filming on Thursday, and, like, I've been really... I've been really realizing that rhyming is very hard to make funny. Uh-huh. Uh, but I laughed out loud in Melanie when he rhymes, when he basically he reveals, like, I wouldn't have gotten to know you if it weren't for that telescope. And yeah. telescope, I forget what, what lyric does a rhyme. But, it, but it's a rhyming lyric, and it's yeah. funny, which I think rhyming funny lyrics can be, like, very... I don't know, it's hard, they're hard to do. Because, yeah. like, you expect what's coming, and, like, yeah. there's a risk in it sounding cute, and... Yeah, that's so true. You know? How do you... Uh, um. That's actually a really good point. Uh, how, I mean, I know why. I mean, I think we all know why he's lasted, but I mean, the yeah. guy who, who starts out and comes across as a novelty for the first few years he's out, like, you can't deny his power at this point, but what the yeah. fuck does a man do like that to stay alive? Like, I don't know how he stays relevant, other than being up on what's cool, you know? Well, I mean, I mean, he, he has faded, though, a little. You know, I mean, I a think little. he has, like, a bit of a... 
resurgence. When, like when he did like perform this way. Yeah. And he's been doing stuff lately, but like you know his heyday was definitely I would say the late eighties, sure. early nineties, probably right. Yeah, but I mean, no, not few people can stick around for thirty years and still be good and still be writing good music. I, yeah. I feel as as like again somebody who was a novelty, quote unquote. Yeah. Right. Well, I think part of it too is you know he. Was smart with his money, and now he has his own studio. That's true. And he right. produces. He produced for Ben Folds. Right. That's true. Really? He, produce, he produces real music. He, yeah. He, real he quote produced. Unquote music. The, he wow. produced the um, uh, that one. Yeah. The one. Songs for Silverman. That one. Or no, no. The 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 first one where he's just Ben Folds. Oh, um, Rock in the Suburbs. He produced Rock in the Suburbs. If you watch the video. He's in the booth playing with the No, sound. I knew that. I didn't know that. But that's because he produced it. Oh, my God. That's, that was his studio. It's one of my favorite albums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Ben Folds. That's awesome. Have you, and actually his recent Ben Folds uh, style parody is pretty good. And Ben Folds plays piano on it too, right? That's I think really that might be awesome. the third time we've said this on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so that just and um, the most mind. recent, the new Hanson song. Yeah. Produced by Weird Al and he's in the video as well. That's playing right. the tambourine. That's what a right. good guy. He's so nice. What a good guy. That's the thing, and that's the good thing about his parodies too. Is like, especially in Fat, mm-hmm. it's like it's it's not just like a it's not making fun of Michael Jackson. It's using yeah. the genre to make a new song, which yeah. is always the best ty- type of parody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love Ham on <laughs> Ham and Holby. Oh, it's so smart. That's so smart. It's when I heard that, I was like, Oh, of course, <laughs> Ham on. <laughs> There was no other thing it could have been. Oh, it was so great. Oh, it's so funny. And I think one of my other... I didn't, like... Because, I, you know, I back in the heyday of Napster, I downloaded a lot of Weird Al songs. Uh-huh. And I didn't know what most most of them were from, because it was just like, did a search for Weird Al. Right. And, you, know, you end up with some of the not Weird Al songs as the well. The vagina song and such. And such. Got the wrong yeah, foot amputated. Yeah, because Weird Al would really do that. But, yeah. you know, Fucking. now, like, just looking at this, I didn't realize how many of my favorite songs are actually on this album, because I love I Think I'm a Clone Now. Mm-hmm. That is... It's a great... Creative as shit. <laughs> I think I'm a clone. It's full of... Full of Terrible, terrible puns that are hilarious. Yes, yeah. And then, and, you know, Melanie, good old days. Lasagna is so silly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that's the great thing. It's so, the whole album, well, except, I mean, you know, Melanie and good old days, but, like, most of the album is so unabashedly just, like, silly balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you, when did you, I don't know, when did you start doing funny music? Um... Well, you know, it was kind of this, like, trajectory. Like, I was, I started out as a big, big musical theater kid. Okay. And I knew I liked writing, but it wasn't until, uh, I was a musical theater major in college, mm-hmm. and then I got to college, and simultaneously I got into a, a sketch group. Okay. So I started doing sketch, and then separately I started taking classes in, like, musical theater writing. Okay. And I would gear, I started writing kind of comedic musical theater songs, but it wasn't really until I graduated from college. Uh-huh. And I started writing, um, because I wanted to get a show up at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, just like a a sketch show that I would write and star in. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I thought of an idea, actually, this is, I haven't thought of this. I, I, originally it was a sketch show that took place within the context of the Broadway show, A Chorus Line. Uh So it's like a confessional of a, of a fake character and every sketch would be, but, but then I realized, oh, if I'm doing a sketch show that takes place within a chorus line, I should write a musical sketch. And I, and I thought of a a musical idea of a song for a song about the movie Space Jam, (laughs) uh, which is actually currently in my one person show at UCB and it's called, and it takes basically, it's like a person in a chorus line and someone says to them, uh, what? Tell us an important story about why you became a dancer, and it and the song is like, I love the movie Space Jam, and it's all and it, and, it, and, it, and it, it's revealed that Space Jam actually basically it's this frivolous song that just describes the plot of the movie Space Jam, and then finally the director's like, stop, stop, Wh- why are you singing about why is Space Jam so important to you? And then the end of the song is like, when I was five, my daddy left, and my mom was addicted to coke, and it was just, it's just dark story. And it was like, I was about to kill myself when suddenly I saw the poster for Space Jam. And I realized if Looney Tunes can play basketball, who says I can't quit drugs? And it like ties back. So that's really, that's really actually the first comedy song I wrote. And my friend Mikey wrote the music for it. It was brilliant. And I remember hearing it and being like, oh, this is like really fun. I mean, and that's at this point two years ago. It's been yeah. very recent yeah. that I've just combined, I mean, the musical, the love of like kind of musical stuff with. Yeah. Because, you know, especially being, like, a musical theater major and then sure. being in a comedy group, mm-hmm. 
I feel like I often heard from friends like, so when are you going to decide? Like, when are you going to choose whether to do like the musical stuff? And that included like musical theater writing. Like, when are you going to choose to do the musical route or like the comedy route? Mm -hmm. And like, you don't necessarily have to. No, no. So, but then in that case, but you still did grow up listening to this kind of stuff. Yes, I did. And I always had appreciation of comedy, but, um, and I, and I love, you know, the Adam Sandler album. Like I, Mm -hmm. I did love them. However, at my heart, I was very much a musical theater kid. And, you know, something that I was listening to when I was listening to this weird album, it occurred Mm -hmm. to me, you know, a lot of like comedy songs I loved as a kid, musical theater songs, looking back are not funny. They're very cute. They're very clever. Yeah. Like you listen to, I mean, I never was like laughing out loud at Cole Porter, but uh, <laughs> you you listen to like a Cole Porter song, and actually Stephen Sondheim just released a book. Uh, he just oh. released a series of two books where he analyzes like his own lyrics and other oh people's God. lyrics. It's amazing. It's called mm-hmm. Finishing the Hat and Look I Made a Hat, and and he talks about how he talks about comedy songs in it uh-huh. briefly, and he says. Cole Porter is clever. He's not funny yeah. because it's wordplay. And I felt like that's a lot of comedy songs in musical theater. Yeah. It's very clever. Whereas like Weird Al, especially in like this song's just six words long or Melanie, mm-hmm. it's not clever. It's not playing with words. It's right. not trying to do riddles. It's just like, this is the joke. Yeah. Here is my joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's so important. When I got when I started doing sketch comedy, my sense of humor changed because I yeah. thought a ton of musicals were funny. Uh-huh. And then the second I started doing actual real comedy, I was like, "Oh, this isn't musicals. Like, yeah. a lot of them aren't funny. This is this is how you do you know, actually, jokes and uh, shit." I think I'm a clone now. Is actually closer to the clever as opposed to funny. Cause it is, and 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 Weird Al has a lot of and Weird Al has a lot of uh, clever, and he does have a lot of cute and. Uh, and but what I like, I mean, you know, fat is like clever, but the jokes in it are so blatant. It's yeah. not. I don't know. It's like not cute to me. It's great. Like yeah. there's something about just like he go he commits so hard, and the jokes are so just blatant and out there. There's nothing coy about it. That's what it is. Sure. You know, sure. it's like songs where it's like coy and cute that I'm like, just tell us what you mean. Yeah. Couldn't think of any lyrics. No. I- Come to my child You really need words Whole lot of rhyming words You gotta write so many words Mm -hmm. To do it, 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 to do it right, child This song is just six words long This song is just six words long Is there, is there anybody coming up that, that, that you've seen that, again, I know we didn't, you didn't say, hey, let's do Weird Al necessarily because he's like my hero or yeah. anything, um, but is there anybody that's that's got your ear right now as far as... Oh, comedy yeah, stuff? Music comedy. Oh, man. I love Jean Lajoie. I do not know this. Um, Jean Lajoie, he does these amazing comedy music videos. Mm-hmm. He did, he does this, he did this recently, this amazing musical video called uh, I Don't Give a Fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, most rappers claim to not give a fuck, but I give the least amount of fuck. <laughs> and it's just this amazing song about all the things he doesn't give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. He's really, really good. Um, um, uh, and there's this guy around LA called Zach Sher- named Zach Sherwin. His moniker okay. is MC Mr. Napkins and he's really I, funny. Okay, I've heard of him, yeah. And um Oh man, I just I just I just checked out Bo Burnham stuff. He's uh-huh. great. Yeah. And um uh who else is great? Oh, and then I'm I'm really good friends with this group and this is more of a period piece but the Apple Sisters. Uh-huh, yeah. Um and they're just like I love that. I'm also re- really good friends with all of them, but they their songs are great because they take that the the best of their songs take the like kind of nineteen forties cute genre and yeah. then do something very not cute yeah. with it, mm-hmm. which I love. It's hard yeah. to do that right too. It's hard to very balance hard. that because there's I mean there's guys like what's what's his name fucking who doesn't write original music Richard Cheese who's like okay yeah. here's my thing I'm gonna do a lounge guy mm-hmm. and do a song you know etc. 
etc. Mm-hmm. And it, after two songs, he's done it. You're he's like, done yeah, it. I get it. Whereas opposed to somebody like Toby Huss does uh, Rudy Cassoni, which is supposed to be Frank Sinatra's bastard love child, mm-hmm. and fucking sounds exactly like Frank Sinatra, and also just things about filthy, filthy, filthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Um, did you, uh, one thing that we kind of discuss a lot, like Dan and I grew up listening to Weird Al, it's kind of what we became friends over. Uh-huh. Um, did you have, is there any music or comedy that you grew up, like, was there anything that you have, had like a personal connection to like that, or maybe you, you grew to know somebody better listening to comedy, or watching comedy, or whatever? Oh, um, did I bond with friends? I'm trying to think. Because, you know, growing up, the this is what it is. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until like my senior year in high school mm-hmm. that I became friends with the people who were listening to comedy. Okay. I was previously more friends with like drama geeks. Sure. Like so we I mean I when I say like I'm still behind on music because all I did was listen to show tunes. So I, I loved <laughs> yeah. comedy and I loved SNL. Uh, I just I didn't have friends who were like into comedy. I yeah. had friends who were like into show tunes a ton. Mm-hmm. So like I bonded on that like you know, like when I say artists I bonded on, like Stephen Sondheim was by far like the thing that I like he's mm-hmm. that that artist is like is the thing I grew up with. But like I wish I wish that I had more of a childhood connection to comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I loved comedy. Mm-hmm. I just listened to show tunes so much it kind of eclipsed you know, like I wish I'd watched I didn't start watching Mr. Show until college and you know the same with like ben stiller show dana carvey a lot of those two yeah. yeah and i wish i hadn't been because i mean i remember when i have like my interview for my college sketch group you know they were like who do you who are your comedic idols mm-hmm. you know i said like gilda radner as every girl does because sure. and i really do love her uh, and then i said george carlin because actually yes george carlin i would say yeah. i don't know if i necessarily bonded with anyone on it because again i felt like i was the only one yeah. listening to comedy <laughs> yeah. uh, until a certain point when i was like 17 or 18 but uh my parents had uh was it napalm and silly buddy first okay anyway my parents had one of their books one mm-hmm. of his books and i started reading it yeah and i thought it was fucking amazing and now i have all his books yeah and then i saw him do stand-up live twice Fuck. once in high school once in college Fuck. so i would say he's the comedian um who who i kind of fell in love with but i was yeah. late to the game you know i knew i liked comedy mm-hmm. It was just that I liked comedy in, from a very big musical theater standpoint, sure. and I just didn't – I was so busy, you know, like memorizing Gypsy that uh-huh. I, like, never really got into comedy until, mm-hmm. like, late high school. Like, I remember the first time I read The Onion, which mm-hmm. was my junior year of high school, and yep. I, my mind was blown. I was <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. I didn't realize things could be this smart. This is so cool. Yeah. Like – Yeah. Well, I mean, it obviously hasn't hurt because – what you're doing is, I mean, you're doing so much comedy now and people are respecting your work. So that's, yeah, no, it's, it's wonderful. And the show that I have running at UCB right now is very much, it's a, it's a, it's an actor's desperate musical theater showcase. So it's, Uh it's, it's musical theater comedy songs very specifically. And yeah, no, I don't. And and when I, I mean, when I got into college, I actually very much disliked being a musical theater major. So Uh I really flung myself into my sketch group to the point where I would say that I really majored in, sketch comedy in yeah. college because because it was a, we put up a show once a month mm-hmm. it was like i was making up for lost time that's what college <laughs> sure. that's what college was for me yeah it was like it was like 18 years of like sort of, of like definitely knowing i should like comedy but mm-hmm. like focusing on musical theater stuff mm-hmm. and like not having room for the two yeah and then like in four years fitting in like kind of trying to play catch up and being like yeah. oh my god yes and mm-hmm. like writing you know two sketches a week just like really trying to catch up with yeah, everyone yeah. else <laughs> now was was the the theater thing uh just your own thing or is it from your parents like no it's like, my own thing yeah yeah totally uh my parents are very very great in that they always supported me being in the arts i always knew i wanted to be in the arts i was very much like the little kid who was like always going around singing yeah. i was like the lead in i was i was i was very committed to being um a musical theater actress growing up mm-hmm. i mean i I, you know, I was very, that music video, I steal pets. Mm-hmm. I didn't steal pets necessarily, <laughs> but uh, when I was in sixth, seventh grade, I was tortured. It was, it yeah. was awful. I yeah. was really made fun. I mean, it was, it was really, really bad. And I kind of immersed myself further into like taking singing lessons and dancing lessons. Yeah. Um, so, can relate. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, it was, I would say that, I would say that every, and, I, and the reason I like comedy songs is 
very much comedy still feels very escapist for me. Sure. It's very much like, like I love high premise stuff, you know, like I, it's also the way I learned sketch, but like, like I'm very much more likely to write a sketch about like time traveling dicks than like the intricacies of, than just sitting down and talking about cheese, you know, like high premise stuff makes much more sense to me because that's where I'm coming. It's the same, it's the same like place in my mind. Like I'm really into like, you know, science fiction and fantasy and like that love is the same area in my mind as like musical theater. It's like all yeah. escapist for me. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, uh, that's probably the healthiest way to approach it. <laughs> ra- ra- it. It it's way healthier than I'm in it for attention, which I, you know, you're running. I think that's, oh, I think that's know? why I went all into sci-fi fantasy too, spending, you know, 12 hours a day reading, you know, Terry Goodkind. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm in the middle of the Have you guys read The Magicians? No. Mm, Magicians. No. I'm right in the middle of the sequel right now. It's good. Lev Grossman. It's like Harry Potter for adults. Oh. It's really good. I thought that was I'm, Harry I'm Potter. Looking for some it's about stuff. it's about a it's not it's about a wizard school and it's about a wiz- wizard college. So they like fucking do drugs. It's great. Really? <laughs> yeah, wow. it's, it's really awesome. Uh, yeah, but you know, like there's this there's this great sketch group that I have friends on called Harvard Sailing Team. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yeah. And like their stuff is so. It starts with these very like simple premise of like you know how people it's almost like they're saying you know how people do this Mm -hmm. this is that tiny behavior magnified a thousand times and they do it so well Uh and that's a style of comedy that i i i I can't quite grasp because it's coming from such an observational sure natural i i love it i it's when are we gonna hear the time traveling dick song oh that's yeah (laughs) very soon actually last night i i did this thing called sketch cram at the UCB Theater, which is where you write and perform a sketch show in like twelve hours, Shit. and I and I wrote and acted in it, and I did write a sketch involving a wall of dicks. Really? It was a sketch. Actually, it's a sketch called. Um, it's a game show called "Am I in a Dream Right Now?" Where it's like, it's like the game show where you decide: Are you in a dream right now? So it's like all things that could be a dream and could not, and then it's just like, and now presenting the wall of dicks. You have ten, you have thirty seconds to jerk off all these dicks. Like, is the are you in a dream? Is this dick wall real? Holy shit! Yeah, that is it was really fun. fun. My friend and I, yeah, my friend and I in school were obsessed with writing like sci-fi sketches. Like he and I wrote. My friend Jeff and I wrote this sketch when we were like juniors called Now That You're President. And it was about a president. It was president of the United States, like just being inaugurated. I guess maybe senior year because it was like just as Obama maybe got in office. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and it was like, Mr. President, now that you've been president, um, we have to tell you some things. And then it was basically revealing all the conspiracies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like uh, JFK was not killed by someone on a grassy knoll. He was killed by a grassy knoll. And then it's like... <laughs> You just cut to, like, a patch of grass with, like, evil eyes. It's like, the knoll is being currently taken in for questioning. So, that shit is really funny. That's pretty good. You make me want to slap my head against the wall. You make me do the limbo. You make me want to buy a slurpee at the mall. You make me watch the gun show. There's really something kind of strange about you, baby, but I can't exactly seem to put my finger on it. Yeah, because that, that seems... Or is no, that just... No, I haven't. I wonder if you're drawing from personal I experience. I have not... Or, actually, I've... I've have the, you seen a wall of dicks? I've like, earnestly not had a dream about a wall of dicks. You know, it's a recurring dream that I have a lot that I mention in the sketch. I have a recurring dream a lot where I have to go to the bathroom really badly. Mm-hmm. Like, in real life, I probably have to pee. Sure. 
And in the dream, the only toilet is like in the center of a room full of people. Oh, like I have that dream. I have that dream repeatedly where I have to poop in a toilet that's like in the middle of like a banquet or like, well, you can poop in this toilet, uh, you know, but the toilet's on a stage. Like it's, 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 wow. Yeah. (laughs) Toilets in weird places. But I think that, you know, that also comes from is, did you guys go to like progressive preschools? No, I didn't go to any kind of preschool. I went to Montessori and I didn't realize this was weird until years later. There are no, it's just a row of toilets in these really progress, really progressive preschools. You go into the, and this is when you're not four years old. Right. You go into this, um, there are no. It's just toilet, toilet, toilet. There's no stalls, so you're shitting next to some next to a boy who's peeing. Couldn't handle that. Like I definitely would be. I remember like taking shits while like my friend who was a boy had his dick out and was like peeing in the toilet next to me. I don't remember the bathrooms in my preschool, but I'm pretty sure it was just like a one-off. Like there's only one toilet. Well, that's it was a small. If they'd had a little more money, they would invested in more toilets and not walls, though. I think. (laughs) Yeah, I, I I get. Like thinking about it now, (laughs) thinking it, you know, I can't say because I'm very progress, and I, I love that. That was, you know, I was raised like very openly about sex and stuff, and like. But, like, I think that's where those nightmares must... It's not even nightmares. I never wake up in a cold sweat. It's right. just weird dreams. I, yeah. I'm never scared. Mm-hmm. Like, the dreams aren't me like, oh, I can't shit. It's it's more being like, really? Are you sure you don't have a toilet that's, like, in a stall? And they're like, nope, nope. You just have to shit in this toilet on the spaceship in front of the commander of the spaceship. So I think that's where that dream must come from is remembering having, having shitting on the watching open. watching you while you're shitting. Yeah. Wow. I also didn't go poop in the toilet without a diaper until I was four years old. So do you, do you feel that, right. that maybe the toilet is where your acting need comes from? You have to be in front of people. No. Okay, good. <laughs> no. I was, was going to say, we might need to, to, to dissect. This. I think they're separate. I think I just, I, I grew up with so, I think I just, as a kid had so many personal issues about pooping and afraid the toilet was going to eat me. And you know, like, <laughs> Anyway, sorry. We, we're supposed to be that. talking about even this worse. Is the most and... I'm pretty. I'm ever. pretty sure I... that talking about you having to poop in front of a ton of people is even worse. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had a. I actually had a dream right after <laughs> I had not has nothing to do with pooping. It's, okay. just, it's a preschool dream. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And I think I had it once more years later, but I only vaguely remember it. And it was right after I graduated preschool. Mm-hmm. We had a play school castle, mm-hmm. and a play doh monster ate everybody. That's, That's scary. Up. You have some fucking weird stories and dreams from when you were a kid, man. That's gonna and be I, a whole podcast. And I think it was, I think it was because you know I didn't want to leave. Yeah, because yeah. it was at, oh. I, it is right after I graduated. Do you think the pl- Do you think the Play Doh monster represented like adulthood, swallowing you up into adulthood? I think it was so Play Doh. Okay, all right, that's fair. <laughs> I don't think I was that, that advanced yet at, at five. No. Have you guys ever been like? This is going to be really. Into- have you guys ever been like super depressed? And like the, Never. Like the, no, no, what that no, is. Like, like, but like, so you know, like, the dreams that you have when you're super depressed, at least the ones that I have, are so fucked up and scary mm-hmm. and like, almost like scary, like, sci-fi movies. Like, I don't know, in college I was like really depressed mm-hmm. a lot and I had this like... I would have, like, a lot of just these crazy dreams involving, like, torture. Oh, my God. This So this is the weirdest dream I ever had. I had a dream. This was at the height of me being upset. I had a dream that aliens came to Earth and they, like, projected in the sky. It almost looked like a DVD menu. But instead uh-huh. of a DVD menu, it was, like, ways were going to destroy you. <laughs> and you had to choose. And, 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 the, uh, and basically then the aliens um, projected this message that was, like, here's the deal. We are going to give everyone on Earth an hour to kill themselves. Whoever isn't dead in an hour, we're going to kill you, and it's going to be really painful. So you have the choice to kill yourself really painlessly now or, like, wait for us to do it. By the way, you're going to die. So then it was this dream about everyone going off to commit suicide. Oh, my God. And um, it was really dark, and I walked into, like, a room where everyone – and there were all – and some people were putting their heads in ovens, and then there were, like, a row of sinks where everyone was, like, slitting their wrists. 
It was the most fucked up dream I've <laughs> ever had. Really but it was a really good premise for a short I'm story sure, or something. Yeah, yeah. Movie right there. Yeah, I know. Bradbury about that. No, I didn't. Starring Steve Carell. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Have you seen the trailer for Seeking a Friend for the End of the World? Oh my god, I saw it. Yes, that looks so good. It's kind of a romantic comedy, but there's an asteroid that's coming to Earth that's going to destroy everybody, and their last attempt to stop it failed. All right. And they're like, we're definitely going to die in three weeks. Awesome. It, it, I, I want it to be really good. I, I, I hope so. I just want Steve Carell to have a good Steve movie Carell's career. Gonna, Steve Carell is looking for the one that got away. Yeah, yeah. And Keira Knightley is doing like an Australian accent. Why oh, I thought she was just being Keira Knightley. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember where she's from. Is she from yeah. Australia? Maybe she is. She's from the moon. Wait, she's... <laughs> but she's, she wants to go back and see her family because she doesn't think she'll see them. Okay. So they travel together to do that. And I'm going to guess the end. It's a road trip movie. It's a road trip mover movie through an apocalypse. I hope that the movie ends... I hope that the end of the movie isn't somehow that there's no asteroid. The asteroid. No, I want the asteroid. Hit. It has got it. Has hit. to, right? I hope. I feel like that would negate a lot on the movie if it doesn't. It absolutely would, but that's Hollywood. So, god damn. Well, it. there, this awesome. is the way it could work. <laughs> the interesting thing about that is like, psych. There was never an asteroid, and you realize like, oh, I just had a really great time. Mm-hmm. Only when I thought I was about to die. But what Shouldn't about, we all live our lives like right. we're about to die? But what about all those people happen. like Pat Oswalt who's been banging all these chicks without protection? Oh, he was true. saying he does, they don't care <laughs> they're going to all die. Oh, yeah, that line where he's like, they don't care if you're related. They just don't care. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if the asteroid doesn't exist, there's the world after the asteroid is going, actually going to be a terrible place. That's a funny movie idea. <laughs> the aftermath of everyone thought the world was going to end and then it didn't, and you have to deal with the fact <laughs> you're having like your brother's baby and yeah. shit. <laughs> Damn it! I love uh, post-apocalyptic stuff. I think <laughs> apocalyptic. So to answer your question, movies. no, I've not had a dream like okay. that. But I've had some very depressed dreams, so I can totally relate. Okay. I, I think I've had. A I, haven't, I haven't had one that. Good. I would really have been entertained by that dream. Yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily <laughs> even scared. I during the mo- during the thing, even during the dream, as, as I was terrified in the dream, I was like, "This is fucking cool." <laughs> and it's also that thing. In, that's also the thing in the dream. You know, like sometimes when you have very cinematic dreams, you mm-hmm. kind of know you're in a movie. Yeah. So there's a little bit that's emotionally yeah. removed. Yeah. Yeah. There was one time. Yeah, I love dreams. I have I have a recurring dream. <laughs> Holy fuck, this is a or at least a recurring. Now. It's not even a recurring dream. It's a recurring <laughs> set in a dream where it's like mm-hmm. a cabin in the middle of a swamp, like a broken down cabin, and then inside there's like a hidden passage. Uh huh. And that's that's it. The dreams are always about different things, but that tends to be there, and I don't know what that means. And cabin never... in the middle of a swamp. And I can tell you that I don't recognize the place. Lost. I don't the want cabin them. from Lost. Okay. He's never seen Lost. And this was when I was a never teenager. Never seen Lost, huh? It was when I first mm. started having those, so Lost was not even a... We're from upstate New York. Cabins are everywhere. Though. I know. It's like... Solar swamps. Where are you from? Yeah. Upstate New York. Oh, upstate... Oh. Yeah, yeah. we've been friends since 1990. Oh, wow. That's depressing. Wait. I'm trying to calculate. 22 years. Almost. Oh, yeah. So, wait. It'd be 22 in, since in October. Mm-hmm. And then you, you remember was in high school? You said no, or? no. This, we were in uh, fifth grade. Fifth at this grade. Point. Yeah. Fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. To answer your question, I'm which sorry. means you were almost okay. Yeah, you were born in 1980. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go the long way around for this one. I was like, wait. I, I'm not offended. I weigh 165 pounds. No, my uh, my boyfriend's turning 30 uh, next week. Really? Yeah. Well, happy birthday, boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to think about it. I think, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, dream, dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the first time you listened to Weird Al? Let's let's go there. I was really young. My again, uh, my my parents. You know, I, I would say like, the people I knew who were most into comedy are probably my parents. Uh-huh. Like, even though I hung out with drama nerds, my my parents. Like, I watched all the like classic sitcoms with them. Like, yeah. I watched Seinfeld and mm-hmm. like. Uh, like, my mom would tape all the shows from the week on a VHS, and at the end of the week, we'd watch them all. Uh-huh. So we'd watch, like, Seinfeld, Mad About You, Frasier. It's a DVR, but it's, like, the old-fashioned, yeah. Uh, and then my mom had this giant Weird Al CD compilation. I just remember uh-huh. listening to it. The f- I remember, you know what, I remember seeing Eat It for the first time uh-huh. and just thinking, like, my mind was blown. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, it's like- food!
TV, yeah. When he's, you know, whenever he was, whatever album he was promoting at the time, yeah. Because you know, he always did Al TV, yeah. That's and then, right. You know, Every and he time he had videos. a new album, he would do Al TV on, on on MTV. So, and I don't, I don't remember what album it was. Yeah. Huh. Because I mean, I, I can't remember the first time. It was probably in Germany sometime that I heard it the first. Like, because I think we rented one of his video compilations in Germany. Was, I, I grew up my. For four years, I lived in Germany. My parents were in the military. So oh, cool. I got all of my American pop culture one or two years too late. So I was way late to the game on a lot of stuff. <laughs> Wait, all my Golden Gir- Girls episodes were a year too late. That's hilarious. Really Wait, you grew up in Germany when you were a kid. Yeah. So that would have been when... were You You were in Berlin, were you? Uh, no. I was I was in West Germany. I was in, you know, the on the American side. Which oh, cool. Just before... I think we left two years before the wall got fell, it. as it were. I consider myself responsible. Okay, but, good job. That's just how that goes. Thank you, Dan. That's really cool. Wow. But yeah, so I think that's the first time. But it was on. It was. I think I saw his videos first, and I think it was very funny that he did. He eat Harvey the Wonder Hamster in one of those, or did he throw him? <laughs> I think he puts him in his mouth. And I think then he does put him out. Okay, that could be what it is. But that's the first time I ever heard it. <laughs> and then it wasn't until years later that Dan and I became friends over this stuff. So I'm just always curious. So your mom was really cool if she had all the Weird Al stuff on stage. Yeah, they, they really, my parents really appreciate comedy. Um, but they didn't necessarily expose you to it like, they didn't like say you have to listen to this. No, because well, also it's not like they grew up, it was very recent. You know, like they would have, I mean, when I was exposed to it, it would have only been a few years. So it wasn't like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like the Beatles or, you know, it, sure. it but, but no, no, it was very much like, and also it was clean. Yeah. So, you know, I mean... This whole album is it's a very clean album. It's it's yeah. you know it doesn't have curse words or no. And I want to say that I just we were watching TV also one time and we saw Eat It and maybe mm. that's when my mom got the albums. Mm. But either way, I think I remember seeing the music video for Eat It first actually. Mm-hmm. And then you know I think at the time I also was like a picky eater, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I want to say that the, like my parents were like Eat It, have some more chicken, have some more pie, like just eat it. Like the frustration with. <laughs> me not eating anything that's funny yeah that, that's kind of the same thing with me and dad like he didn't say you have to listen to all this stuff but he had so much comedy and i would just raid his you know his vinyl collection listen to you know all the the different things yeah yeah and 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 i wasn't it wasn't a thing where like i i sat down and like you know like memorized every weird Al song it was very much like uh oh this is the first time i've heard someone doing like comedy songs that's yeah. really interesting and, I mean, I'm, I want to go back and listen to all this stuff now yeah. and kind of become an expert. Yeah, I sat down to memorize that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Did you, uh, uh, but since then, I mean, who, uh, do you, uh, since then, have there been any other ones that you've gone back and listened to people that people have said, look, you do comedy music, you should listen to this person? Uh, yeah, like, uh, my dad used to talk a lot about Tom Lehrer growing up. Sure. And, and I, well, and, yeah. and I listened to, I have one of his albums. I've been listening to it. Yeah, it's really interesting because he's kind of that. Br- he's kind of that gap. Mm-hmm. He's bridging the gap between like that kind of old school, mm-hmm. lighthearted, you know, piano comedy songs with like hard jokes. Like yeah. "Poisoning Pigeons in the Park" is so funny. Uh, what is the song he has? Like, oh, down. He has this great song where it's like, "Down, I want to go down to Dixie, where we had a lot of slaves." Like, it's yeah, very. Right. right. Uh, my dad used to quote this one song that I forget what, it, but it's just like everybody hates. the the Jews. Yes. Yes. Ah, yes. uh, fuck. What is that? That's, uh... It's like everyone... Something day. Uh, uh, oh, crap. I was just singing it just the other day. But it's on the album we did when we did yeah, that yeah. album last time. Uh, everybody's thinking about it. It's supposed to be, you know, appreciation. Like, you know, you're supposed to love everybody on that day. Yeah, but, but everyone hates the Jews. Yep. Yeah, I actually want... So I listened to that one Tom Lehrer album. I want to get more of it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then, of course, I mean, they're very recent, but I, I also think The Lonely Island are legit brilliant. Yeah. They're so good. I know. I mean, it's frustrating. I have their... 
you know, their two albums. And mm-hmm. Turtleneck and Chain is such a good. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking of that song today. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy good. That yeah. song is crazy good. But I don't know how they're pulling off hip hop to you know uh, comedy hip hop two years two albums in a row when yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. else is trying that and failing miserably. Who who's trying and failing miserably? Just, everybody on YouTube seems to be trying to do that. They but, try that as a thing. But I, but I think at the end of the day, Lonely Island are also just good sketch writers. You know, like exactly. Yeah. I see. I think a lot of comedy music is out there. I mean, my problem with, like, not my problem, but I think a lot of people, when they write comedy songs, are maybe like, well, the, it's the fact that I'm singing, it's fun. Right. So, like, I can say anything as long as I'm, like, singing, mm-hmm. and, like, it'll be funny. Yeah. And also, I think that uh, Lazy Sunday, yeah. you know, was so big. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen a lot of Lazy Sunday knockoffs. Yep. Where it's and and that's a general Lonely Island ripoff, but it's it's rapping about something in a badass way that isn't badass, sure. and I think that's really tired now. Yeah. And I think that's a lot uh-huh. of comedy hip hop now, where it's yeah. just like, uh, you know, go and do the star, yeah. and it's like, yeah, Lonely Island did that. Saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cute. Um, then there's I mean, but there are there are good ones. There's Dragon Boy Suede is really funny, and mm-hmm. then, um, but. Yeah, it, it, it just it's it seems hard to get right, and I I don't know what people do to get musical comedy right. I don't know what you did to get it right. With that video. <laughs> I think so having the sketch great. comedy background yeah. is a big part of it because now you're not just writing a funny song; you're using elements of sketch comedy, but just putting it to music. And I think there's a there's a different approach. Yeah, the way that I look at it, and like you know, again, like I'm I'm still kind of learning what it is, but. So far for me, what it is, is taking the rules of sketch and applying them to song. And, you know, like, when you're doing a genre parody sketch, like you're doing a film noir sketch, it's like that. I mean, especially with these song, especially when you're doing genre-specific songs, which is Mm -hmm. often, most times, my way in, is, Mm -hmm. like, deciding, like, okay, well, it's this feel or the genre, and, like, it's almost, like, not easier, but it gives you rules. That's what it is, is, like, okay, I'm writing, um... Like, I have a song, like, that I wrote that was, like, a a, a jazz song from, like, the 1930s. And I was like, okay, what do jazz songs in the 1930s do? What are they about? What's a twist on it? So it's, like, it's a set of rules to follow Mm -hmm. that that feels very just, like, classic sketch comedy writing to me. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry. Fuck. Sorry. Oh. Mm This happens every time, <laughs> this time in the podcast. Uh, like my brain just freezes up because everybody else has been talking and I've been listening. Oh, fuck a duck. Um, I was going to ask you about one of your songs. Um, well, there are three, only three out right now, so. There are only the three? Okay, There's so only I don't three. feel bad, so What's I listen the to them all. One? Good. It's called I Was a Mermaid, Now I'm a Pop Star. Fuck oh, that's more, right. It's a little that's more absurd. Great. Yeah, thank you. It's it's like a, it's it's very, like, absurdist. Uh, it's, it's, very, it's very absurd. But so as... When will this podcast go up? Uh, probably Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. I will have a new music video released on Tuesday or Wednesday. I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. You, you make sure, please, to plug everything. At I the will end of this plug everything at the end so of this. Know. Yeah. I mean, you can do it now. I'm not saying stop. No, no, no. Although stop. It's if it's not. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's called pictures of your dick. I like it's that. The new music That's video. That's really funny. That's wall. great. Huh. No, it's not. It's not on a wall, actually. Is it time traveling? It's a time traveling dick dick okay. music video. Yeah. But I mean that's that's the other thing. Actually, I'll, I'll use that one as an example because um, it does bring up what I, I had forgotten about. It's got elements of it's kind of got a Kesha parody element to the Mermaid one. Oh uh, yeah, you know? total hundred percent. But it's not you're not just doing a Kesha joke. A lot of people parodied that one song of hers like just fucking over. And the first one was cute, but after that I, I yeah, okay, the, I get it. Kesha's a, a skank. Yeah, the sing talk one, and that was more pointing out. It's actually mocking the industry, not really her as much specifically. Oh, yeah, saying talk on yeah. To that mock like the, only the one industry. But then, yeah, I mean, you're, you're taking that, you applied it to something about a fucking murder. <laughs> which killed me. Yeah, it, and thank you. I'm really glad that you liked it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that one's, like, a little more, like, kind of absurdy. Although that that one recently got me like hired for a job, I would say, about really? the other ones, yeah. Oh, really? That's awesome. I'm going to start writing for Robot Chicken in like a wow, week and a half. That is bitching. Holy I'm really excited. Awesome. I'm excited. And to in the and in the interview we were talking about music videos cuz I plan on pitching some music video sure. ideas and they mentioned that one specifically, like yeah. stylistically. And I was like, "Oh, cool. That's awesome that yeah. you like the, the absurd weird one that yeah. some people, you know, yeah. Well, I thought st- 
kind of felt cartoon, intentionally felt really very cartoony. cartoony. So like, yeah. I can see why they would love that so much. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, da, 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 da. Fuck. Yeah, but, but yeah, back to ahead. parody songs, you yes. know, I think, and I think I've just never thought parody songs that are like, um, I'm Katy Perry and I'm a slut. Like, it's like, okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That, what, why, what of that? Right. Right. You know, like yeah, it's, exactly. it's just stuff that's like the artist being self-aware yeah. or just poking fun at the artist yeah. is I don't know. There's no subtext to it whatsoever, and people don't understand that. Or when people subtext. do, some people do parodies, and they change like a couple lines, and then like keep the chorus like the same. And I'm like, I don't understand. Be creative. That. Like, what I think is great is in on Weird Al's new album when he has a song, you know, "Party in the CIA." Oh, that's fucking. Cool. He actually so has good. he, you know, <laughs> on the chorus parts, he actually sings different things. Whereas Miley sings the same thing every time. So. In essence, he's more creative than her in his parody. Yeah. And it's I mean, probably one of the best songs on the new album. Melanie, what can the problem be? Sweet Melanie, why won't you go out with me? She lived across the street on the 15th floor of the Gilmore building. I saw her in the shower reaching for some soap I knew she had to be the girl for me And to think I probably never would have found her If I hadn't bought that telescope Excite, yeah, and that's that's when Weird Al's best, and that's what he does is he's not just a parody artist. He he he's not he's not parodying. He he takes a song mm-hmm. and the essence of the song, the essence sure. of the arts, and then he makes a new idea, yeah. which is like parody at its best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and he, God, and it, it, you have to be a good musician to do it. That's the other thing that people seem to forget. You have to be a good musician. The three guys on Lonely Island have to be good rappers. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever, you know. They're really good, yeah. Weird Al's uh, probably the only one who's probably able to get away with actually referencing the band in it. Like, you know, smells like Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. But, that's, big, that's but I think he's more mocking the grunge, like the the garage grunge thing. That's that, how he got it approved, though. I mean, he called them up when they were backstage at Saturday Night Live and said, uh, so I'd like to do this parody. Like, okay, is it, is it about food? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was reading that. And he's like, no, it's kind of about how people can't understand anything that you're saying. They're like, okay, they were cool. They were cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and later on, they they you know they said, you know, that's how they knew they made it, is that sure. Weird Al wanted to do a parody of them. Like, that's how you know, you know that you're famous, you're a pop culture icon. Weird Al sings, does a parody of you. Yeah. I think Kurt Cobain called him a genius. Was like weird Alice. Probably right. You know, Millionaire the- did. Millionaire said he's an amazing rapper. Well, he does that shit in all one take too, doesn't he? Yeah, that entire song. Like he, he if he doesn't do it in one take, Jesus. he quits and does it again. It's amazing. He is a crazy perfectionist. Yeah. Also, he's, he's, yeah, his diction is impeccable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah. he really yeah. is. Just has it, the, the words the most important thing, which is so important. It's time traveling diction. It's time traveling. Hey, uh, right? I thought it was the worst call back in the history. <laughs> You know, there's a, there's you could have a, said it was a wall addiction. Which, a wall. Oh. That would have been better. That's really funny. <laughs> oh, damn it. There's a campaign to try to get Riedel to be the next Super Bowl that would be halftime that would performer be that, for next year. Considering, because I don't watch the Super Bowl, and but I, I don't think he year. would flip off the camera like Mia. What? What? Who did? MIA flipped off the camera. No, I wasn't even paying attention. It happened for like I a second. Drunk, so. oh, it, okay. it doesn't even... Uh, Whatever yeah. kids know what the bird right, is. Right. Whatever. I don't showing a tit is one thing. Like yeah. I guess that's bad. But like whatever. Everyone's seen this. Like yeah. who cares? That, that needs to stop being a thing. Who gives a fuck? Ooh. I I don't. She has so the fines for it. Does she really? Really? Oh god. She has uh, enough money. I'm sure she's. Yeah. Exactly. It's like all bullcrap. It's like basically a curse on live TV fee is what it is. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> that is. But yeah, Weird Al would be, because then you'd have, like, picture, if he did fat, mm-hmm. you'd have, like, thousands of fat people, like, people in fat suits yeah. coming uh, forward. It would yeah. be, like, this ultimate... Have you been to a Weird Al concert? That was my next question. I have not been to a Weird Al concert. Oh, I really amazing. want to. Yeah. That's a When's quick his change. next concert? I don't know. 
I actually would love to go to a Weird Al concert. Yeah, let's look it up. We went to one. Went to one for his new album. Did you go to the one? Wait, where were? Did you go? It was in Pantages. He just. Oh, he just did one at Largo. Largo might have been this weekend actually. At the Largo, really? Oh, that would have been awesome. They probably wouldn't have had his quick changes at such a small venue. Yeah, look, look it up. Look it up because I'll go to. I want to go to Weird Al. Yeah, I've been one in ten years. It is a multimedia extravaganza. It's so cool. But he does a quick change into the the fat suit in what like a minute like i don't even know they, it's, they, it's, it's usually like three four minutes they Is show it? like a oh, short right. or whatever still like the, the suit fucking inflates and like, it's also great that he does that you know like some artists like would be like man fat was from like that's from like 20 years ago man i i, I do new stuff now but he's like, like nope, nope i'll do fat so yeah i love it for. i feel like he's like i spent two thousand dollars on the suit i better do that yeah, yeah right <laughs> two thousand dollars that means a lot to weird out. um <laughs> But yes, nicest man in show business. I'm gonna Two thousand dollars is half the amount. Of I feel like he missed uh, missed a chance to call this album Alpocalypse. Mm, you're right. You're With, right. Oh, a it's double just called Alpocalypse. Al- oh, Alpocalypse. A oh man. Pun. Yeah, we feel like oh, he missed and a then, big opportunity. And then there. it could have been lips. Um, <laughs> and it could have been lips doing something. Alpocalypse. <laughs> so it could have just been redundant to the point of yep. just complete nullification. <laughs> Uh, Until the word has no meaning anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I I, uh, I feel like we've taken up an hour of your time, so that's usually when we stop. Yeah, there's but nothing. Uh, we, uh, like, we barely talked about the album. We well, talked about dreams. That's how it kind of goes. Okay. Um, and if you'd, if you'd like to do another one, let us know, because we'd love to have you on. Oh, awesome. It was really fun one. being here. Um, plug away. What, what, what should people look out for? What are you going to be working on? Well, I have two uh, music videos coming out. One should be coming out around Valentine's Day, either tomorrow either february 13th or february like 15th or 16th and that will be a slow love song and then i have one coming out in i think probably march that's basically ready i just want to space them out that'll be um like a new kind of dance music video and then along with that i'm gonna probably be having a kickstarter for an album Mm -hmm. i have five songs already recorded for an album but the kickstarter is more to raise money for the couple of songs for the album that need a live orchestra like i have two kind of um one is like a disney parody uh, and one is a like an old school kind of jazz like uh jazz song and both of them need live instruments so i'm gonna probably be and then so that's probably gonna be a kickstarter for like five thousand dollars so and then there will be like prizes you know well once you have the kickstarter up let us please let us know yeah oh that would be great yeah i i really want to do the album thing and then i i really want to like I don't know, just keep a lookout. You know, I'd love to start performing live. Sure. And uh, keep out, I guess keep a lookout for that. I don't I don't even know how to go about doing that yet. What's your... Uh, I mean, I have a show at UC, I have a show at the Upright Citizen yes, Brigade Theater ahead, in LA yeah. that is, uh, it, it's not going up in the next month or two because LA is a crazy time right now with pilot season. Sure. But it's called Rachel Bloom is a Triple Threat. Nice. And it's a, a half hour show that I do. I would say probably for that, just another maybe Kickstarter, just get enough money to pay for how much it costs to go to like a place like Largo. That's a good but, idea. Because Largo is a small venue, so it's probably not crazy expensive, but it is very popular for like lar- like larger celebrities, and a lot of people know you know whatever happens there is awesome. Yeah, there are a lot of venues to do that stuff, and but, and I have uh, a collaborator on the pop songs too, where like mm-hmm. we could get together. I think it's just a matter of. I think you know what it is is that I'd want to do I'd want to put on an album so that at if I had a few like concert mini concerts I mm-hmm. could then sell the album yeah, there. Course, yeah. So I think the album comes before I would the live so shit. Like, yeah, it would and it would be good to do that like right after the album because exactly you know, you've got the you've got the momentum behind you. That'll be this year. What is your YouTube URL? Oh, uh, it's Rachel does stuff. Cool. And. Uh, is there a yeah. rachelbloom.com or do you it's just... racheldoesstuff.com. Racheldoesstuff.com. Yeah, well. I need to update that website. You should. Uh, but there should be a mailing list thing on, like okay. a mailing list link that I need to put up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not tech savvy. That's fine. Look that's fine. Us. You're only an internet star. That's fine. You don't oh. know. That's, 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 um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Oh, thank you. This has been awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, everybody, again, thank you to Dan for being on the show. Get me! Thank you to Rachel Bloom for being on the show. And, uh, have a good thing. Oh, sometimes I think back to when I was younger. Life was so much simpler then. Dad would be up at dawn. He'd be watering the lawn. Oh, maybe going fishing again. Oh, and
when mom would be fixing up something in the kitchen. Fresh biscuits or hot apple pie. And I'd spend all day long in the basement torturing rats with a hacksaw and pulling the wings off of flies. Those were the good old days. Those were the good old days. The years go by, but the memory stays. And those were the good old days. I can still remember good old Mr. Fender. Who ran the corner grocery store? Oh, he'd stroll down the aisle with a big friendly smile, and he'd say howdy when you walked in the door. Always treated me nice, gave me kindly advice. I don't know why I set fire to his place. Oh, I'll never forget the day I bashed in his head. Well, you should have seen the look on his face. Let me tell you now. Those were the good old.